Welcome everybody to the Elevate Project podcast where we talk about everything content creation specifically for beginners from YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all the different things, even podcasts. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about being monetized on YouTube. So, when you're doing content creation, doesn't everybody want to be monetized, even specifically YouTube? When you take a look at Mr. Beast or you take a look at your favorite YouTuber and you're like, wow, they have a great setup, they're driving nice cars, they got 100,000 subscribers, 50,000 subscribers, 106 million subscribers, and they're living the dream. So for me, I would say that even at a subconscious level, that is definitely something that I thought about as a possibility. Starting YouTube as a content creator, I really wanted to help people, serve people, to share my knowledge, my experience, and my expertise on specific topics and subjects, specifically in the during the pandemic. And now, I want to serve and help people in the same way. And I would never tell you what you should do, what everyone thinks you should do theory-wise. I can only share what I've done and the results that I've seen and the ideas and direction where I want to go to hopefully help you and serve you and hopefully lead and be a part of your journey and your success as well. If we were going to take a look at YouTube specifically in the criteria, if we take a look at the criteria and what you need to be monetized. So right now it is October 2020. They're making some changes on monetization and how you can get there faster and also for different creators on the platform next year in 2023. So I'll talk about what I know now and what I needed to be monetized on YouTube. So you need 4,000 watch hours and 1,000 subscribers as well as no community strikes so copyright infringement, etc., And you need to be able to hit that target or that criteria within 12 months. So even for myself, I might be monetized now and let's say in the next 12 months, I don't meet the 4,000 watch hours, I could be demonetized. Or again, even though I'm monetized now, and within that time period, I get three strikes, my channel will no longer exist. Now, talking about channel, if you just catch me on the podcast and you found this channel, thank you. Hopefully, you hit subscribe. I do got some great information, especially if you're a beginner. But a lot of my content is on YouTube. So you can check me out at Elevate Project, YouTube forward slash Elevate Project, and you'll see a lot of my content there. So the big question when I was thinking about being monetized, one, is that impossible? Two, 
why don't they have a lower criteria to hit monetization faster? Three, why don't they have more watch time hours or more subscribers or less? I kind of really want to figure out, do I agree or disagree with the minimum threshold to get monetized? And I think it's at a perfect spot. Actually, I shouldn't say perfect. I think it's it's at a good spot for a lot of different reasons. Because you're going to have this struggle if you don't have a target to hit. And I think a 1,000 subscribers is a hefty goal. I definitely don't think it's impossible. Obviously, there's hundreds and thousands of people that are monetized that have between 1,000 and 106 million subscribers. So it's definitely not impossible. Is it difficult? Yes, 100%. And I agree with having this threshold because it gives you an opportunity to see if you like what you're doing. And I think from a company standpoint, they're looking for people to pump out content consistently to their viewers. They have a platform and they're trying to push as much content for the interest of the viewers. When I think in the past, and I, and I really don't know this, I think when you start a YouTube channel, you could have, start, you could have started being monetized right away. And I think that causes a few different problems. A lot of people may not take it seriously. It's just a hobby, which is a-okay. Then there's this struggle of like, okay, you're making some money and then you're not making money. And then there's complaints going into YouTube. And because there isn't this minimum level of quality content, the content that's getting pushed out makes the platform not as inviting for people to join and watch and continue to watch. So that gives you the opportunity not only to know if you like making content, it also gives you an opportunity to make quality content. Quality content that people are willing to watch, to learn something, or be entertained. And I think everyone has the ability to share their knowledge, their experience, and their expertise to create videos that people want to watch, especially if it's something specific, if it's a specific topic or subject. Like let's say you're a plumber. You are an expert plumber. You've been a plumber for years. You have knowledge and you have a wealth of experience. And what's simple for you because of the amount of knowledge and experience and expertise that you have may not be so easy or simple for someone else. And even just posting videos how to change a pipe, install a new faucet, and change a toilet. I literally think you could possibly Google for the simplest things on YouTube and you can have good quality content, not just 
this beautiful entertainment of big massive sets like you're in you're in a movie and have it really cinematic with the most expensive cameras literally a plumber could just use their phone and get that same result and when you think about the pandemic as horrible as it was it opened the door for more eyes on the platform opportunity for more niches to be discovered where it was more difficult for them to be discovered before again if i was going to be using that example as a plumber because a lot of people they had maybe toilet problems or they had a leaky faucet and because of the pandemic they couldn't have a plumber come in and help fix their problem so they go to youtube they go to a video to see how to fix that leak change the faucet change the toilet etc and having a thousand subscribers helps you really create a community and helps you understand that there was 1000 people that liked your video so much that they hit subscribe and i think that's very powerful because it kind of gives you a barometer that what you're doing is effective and impactful and the more that you do it and the more eyes on your channel or on your videos the more you're helping people, you're serving people, you're entertaining people. And I think doing that and eventually getting monetized and getting paid for that is pretty awesome. I am very, very blessed and thankful that the Elevate Project YouTube channel was able to hit a thousand subscribers and I actually ended up hitting the 4,000 watch hours much quicker than hitting 1,000 subscribers. And for me, that was the motivation. I felt like there are people watching my videos. So in turn, my, my main assumption is that it is helping and serving people. Now, as a new YouTuber or new content creator, this is where you want to start looking at your videos and how to improve them getting straight to the point content and i think that's the reason why one of the main reasons why i wanted to start a podcast because there's a lot of things during a video that i will record and will cut out for youtube and for some people i think when they're looking specifically for youtube they have that expectation that it's going to be quick you ask your question and you get an answer right away. With a platform like podcasts, podcasts is more of an understanding that this is a long form content. And this gives me the ability to share my thoughts and maybe be more descriptive about my explanation and 
explain more of my what, my why, and how to do different things. And so being monetized on YouTube, I think everyone thinks about that even just for a split second, subconsciously, definitely for sure. Consciously for some people, this might be their decision where this is something that I wanna do. And I get it. Some people don't wanna be on camera. Some people don't have any experience with video editing. And having that moment of, okay, I put a video out, no views, no subscribers, not getting any traction, can give you a better understanding if you, if you're A, like what you're doing, see if it's worth doing, and the amount of actual work it actually takes to learn so you're in a better place where editing is a lot easier. Or doing videos is a lot easier. So yeah, I agree. I agree with the minimum threshold. What I've heard that's going on in 2023 is with the popularity of YouTube Shorts that because YouTube Shorts do get a lot of views, the problem is difficult to get those watch hours because you're looking at 10 to, or I should say one to 60 second videos really quick. And so it's very difficult to accumulate 4,000 hours. I don't think it's that difficult to hit a thousand subscribers though, because if you're doing the same content that's entertaining or educational, even for myself, I'm like, oh man, this is, this is really entertaining and I'd like to see more of this content creator, I'm gonna hit subscribe. And it's also a lot faster too. You see it, you like it, you like it, you subscribe, etc. So I think because of that, YouTube is listening to the community to give them an opportunity that are dedicated to YouTube Shorts to enter the YouTube partner program to be monetized, to make money is 10 million views with the minimum 1,000 subscribers. So I think that balances out. I think that's still good. Now, to be clear, when you're being monetized on YouTube, it's tied to Google Sense, and you need to have that available in your country. I don't know which countries don't, I do know that there are some countries that may not meet that criteria. So if you are in that country that does, this is something that is a very good opportunity to help people, serve people, and possibly being monetized to get paid for your effort. And when I take a look at YouTube, and content creation, you're gonna have those solopreneurs, you're gonna have those hobbyists, you're gonna have maybe even utilizing YouTube because YouTube is such a powerful platform used by so many people more today than ever before. Companies leveraging YouTube, 
And I think that's where the extra stream of income is going to be coming from, that opportunity. And for myself even, even before I hit a 1,000 subscribers, my email got flooded with opportunities to try different products, not any not any sponsorships. And I get it. Sponsorships, you're getting paid to do a video. If you don't have a following, doesn't really make sense. Having the opportunity to try different products that make sense, absolutely huge. And I was absolutely blessed with the amount of emails I got at for opportunities. I didn't say yes to everything. I really only said yes to, to two main products. One was a USB mic, which honestly I'm going to try out during this podcast because I, I truly think it's a really good mic for a USB mic. I'm obviously using a different mic right now. If you're watching this on Patreon and seeing the video version of this podcast, I'm using a Shure SM7B with a Rodecaster Pro. And I went that route because I really wanted to elevate my audio for Zoom calls and knowing that I'll be doing content creation like this in the future. So it was an investment. For those of you that are just starting out, you don't need this setup. A lot of people say gear is overrated and you don't need the best of the best gear, which is true. You get what you think you need to deliver the content that you want to deliver. And sometimes that's as simple as an iPhone mic because you're doing you're out vlogging a little bit and you have a smaller mic so you, you can't really have equipment like this to be portable or not as easy and not as convenient or if you're starting youtube and you're doing full out production and doing short cinematic videos yeah you probably need a pretty expensive camera a cinematic camera boom arms with multiple mics, different lighting setups, etc. So I think gear is important to a certain extent. And the USB mic was such a blessing because this setup is fixed. <laughs> In my opinion, it doesn't have to be. Obviously, you can move this around everywhere. But this is really where I can just sit down, jump on a Zoom call, turn on my mic and I'm good to go. I also have different areas on my home that I like to work in and so I can just take my laptop and having that ability just to plug and play with a very good decent USB mic is awesome. The other opportunity that I had was for a MetaQuest 2 VR accessories for the headset. So it wasn't made by Meta. It was made by a company called AMVR. And I had a lot of videos about virtual reality, working from home, and utilizing VR in your workspace. 
And of course, I did start playing games with it as well because it's very entertaining. You're stuck at home during the pandemic. It was a great tool to have, not just for work, more so for the family and, and having some fun and being entertained outside of just watching movies all day. And so I accepted those because those are things that I would actually use. So there's a couple of rules and the reasons why I didn't accept every single offer that went in my inbox. One, sp spam. Spam, scam, they kind of roll in the same bucket for me. Not saying that everything that came in my inbox was a spam or scam. Two, will it be something that I will actually use and utilize? Would it be something that would benefit me so I can relay that message and how it benefits me so I can show and help and serve people that are looking for the same solution? Next was also, is it a reputable brand? Now, I'm not saying it had to be a name brand, but reputable, reputable enough. So every time I got an offer and it was in a past that criteria that it's something that I could benefit from and I didn't feel it was spam or I didn't feel it was a scam, I would go on the website. I would take a look at the company. I would research a little bit if it's reputable and they have some sort of track record. Who have they helped? Who have they served? What were the reviews like if it was available on Amazon, for instance? And so those two got positive reviews. They are brands that were reputable enough for me. I knew I wasn't getting like Samsung, Sony, or Logitech or anything like that. So I was okay. And lastly, the, the last thing that I look at, will it benefit my audience? Will it actually serve my audience at any given time? So depending, I was really focusing on equipment, working from home, elevating how you present on Zoom. And a lot of those things transition to what I'm focused on now, helping new content creators to help them overcome fears of possibly getting into something that may change their lives in the future or elevate their skills in something new. And at least at the very least, having the opportunity and ability to share your knowledge, your experience, and your expertise online. So yeah, it is being monetized as one thing through YouTube and getting paid by YouTube partner program. The other is also in that journey to 1000, you're putting a lot more, you're, you're creating a lot more opportunity for brands to reach out, for you, reach out to you for other streams of income. So now that we've kind of talked about being monetized on YouTube, my thoughts, and what do you need to be monetized? Do I agree or disagree with the minimum threshold? 
what is monetization on YouTube mean for the Elevate project? Well, it's not like I'm making a lot of money where it can, it can replace my nine to five. What it does do, it helps reduce some friction when it comes to creating more videos and time as well. So overall, it gives an opportunity to create more content, to continue to serve and help people wanting to start content creation. I don't think monetization is bad by any means. I think it's a bonus and icing on the cake. As long as you have your own overall purpose and goal and you're aligned with that and you're not doing anything that goes against your morals and your moral compass to get to that 1000 subscribers just to be monetized. So will there be opportunities to create more sources of income? Is there an opportunity that you might find that this online content creation can replace your nine to five? 100%. And I think if you follow my journey, that might be a possibility for me. Is it a goal? It, it, it is my goal to serve and help people. And if it results in replacing my nine to five, great. My goal would be that, to have that freedom, but to shape my, my lifestyle. And what I mean by that is if this creates opportunity for me to get in another role that might not be 100% YouTube, but still enable me to do the things that I do to help and serve people. And I have an opportunity to work with another company or with an organization that gives me that freedom is one. So with that goal, is more of this might be that avenue or doing this might lead to an opportunity that may not be YouTube, but my overall goal is to have to create the lifestyle that I'm looking for right now in my life with, with a young family. So hopefully you found value. And if you do found value in this podcast episode, I would love it if you could leave a review and a rating, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform that you follow and listen to podcasts. Be safe, stay awesome, and I'll catch you in the next one.